Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, Welcome. to Warriors Wrap-Up. And Bob Curry takes another three, it's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Step back jumper, it's on the way, it's good! He hit it to end the corner! Stephen Curry is simply not human. Another magnificent night for Stephen Curry as we welcome you in here to Warriors Wrap-Up. Spurs beat the Warriors 105-100. We got a lot to unpack tonight, uh, Ryan Covey. 888. 888- Nine five seven nine five seven zero. The Warriors are twelve and twelve on the season. Uh, a good night from Stephen Curry. Uh, a pretty good night from Kelly Oubre. What the heck was Draymond Green doing uh, on that inbounds? Clearly, it looked like he thought he was going to get fouled with the Warriors down three. Throws up a three. Uh, Twenty turnovers tonight. I mean, we'll get to all of it, but uh, just your your general takeaways on a wild night. And I put this out there on Twitter. I think given the context of everything we're going to get into over the next 60 to 90 minutes here, uh, I think this is actually the Warriors' worst loss of the season. Yeah, I I think this certainly has a very powerful case to be made, John Dickinson. And uh, the only problem with Draymond's strategy there at the end of the game is you actually have to get fouled first, right? And it didn't happen. uh, And, uh, you know, it ends up being a, a, you know, a a tough moment for him visually. I mean, it just looks like, oh my God, what the heck's he thinking? And, you know, we all know what he was trying to do there. But uh, you actually, the Spurs actually have to commit the foul first. And, And look, Two words come to mind here with this one, J.D., team loss, right? Steph played out of his mind, can't ask for anything more from Steph. But outside of that, um, I mean, just the turnovers and, I mean, the execution down the stretch, J.D., they're missing layups, just one bad pass after another. The Spurs tried to let the Warriors back into this game. The Warriors were just like, nah, we're good. You you can have this one. I just it, It was maddening to watch. Yeah, it really was. 888-957-9570 as the Warriors would build a 14-point first-half lead uh, and then trail by 10 in the fourth quarter, and the Warriors would come back. I mean, Stephen Curry, he was visibly frustrated a couple of different times, and you're going to want to hear what Steve Kerr had to say after this ball game regarding Stephen Curry's minutes. Curry did play 35 minutes and 37 seconds. He goes... 
for 32 points on 10 of 17. Uh, Warriors were down six with 8.35 to go, and I, I, I kind of put out there, hey, is, is Kerr going to go to Curry uh, sooner than usual? Now, he typically doesn't do it. I thought that was the, the right moment if, hey, you're going to play him a couple of minutes more than normal, but you really want to try to get this game. Uh, Steve Kerr waited uh, until about the six-and-a-half-minute mark. Uh, Curry was was – visibly you know kind of looking over like okay coach okay okay I'm ready finally heads to the table with six and a half minutes to go and then had to wait at the table for another minute because there wasn't a dead ball stoppage to get him back in the game then Curry comes into the game and proceeds to take the game over a little mini run uh and it just it leaves you thinking tonight if Curry had played two minutes more, three minutes more. The Warriors might have walked out uh, of San Antonio with a victory and, and overcome the 20 turnover night that, that wound up wrecking this game for them. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, you know, the, the Warriors uh, five minutes into the quarter, and, and I, I, you were tweeting about it. I tweeted out as much. Uh, you know, the Warriors had a whopping five points at that point, uh, you know, five minutes into the quarter. And the game was certainly hanging in the balance in that San Antonio lead. It's six, then boom, all of a sudden it's ten. And you're like, oh, man, like you need to get Steph Curry back into this basketball game. And I know we'll hear the comments from Steve Kerr. And and, and in essence, I agree with him for the most part. But there are exceptions to the rule. One, he's talking about the long-term game, and I know we'll hear the sound, but it has to be on a case-by-case basis on when you decide to bring Steph back in early. You don't want to do it all the time, but if ever there was a game, like the Warriors are facing the prospect now, you know, they, they're back at 500 now. This was a big game for them. You go two games over or you go back to 500. You're in all likelihood going to be battling the Spurs for one of those playoff spots in the West, J.D., another important factor in this. And Steph was on fire. He's been on fire. That's where I just thought, what's an extra, you know, one and a half minutes, an extra 90 seconds of professional basketball to Steph Curry. It's not going to shave time off of the career, uh, you know, off of his career arc. So, yeah, I, I know we'll, we'll hear it again, but it's just it's frustrating because you feel like Steph Curry could have absolutely been the difference. And when he came back out, all of a sudden, boom, things are starting to get unlocked. The offense is rolling again. So uh, I, I think Kerr maybe needs to reevaluate that strategy a little bit. And we will hear from Steve Kerr his comments on that, his comments on what the heck Draymond Green was thinking uh, on that possession with 8.7 seconds to go where the Warriors needed a three, and, and he winds up putting up the three, thinking he's going to get fouled. Uh, another night for Draymond where it's it's 10 assists, and he's got a couple of blocks at a steal, and he's leading the pace. But another five turnover night where the Warriors had 20 and he misses a couple of free throws down the stretch, with which wound up being pivotal. And then what the heck was he thinking uh, on that possession with 8.7 to go? It looked like the play, the inbounds, got out of sync to begin with, and then Draymond winds up getting it off the catch. Had plenty of time, didn't need to panic, but obviously he felt he was going to get fouled uh, and, and then just panicked. He took a panic shot. I think at that point you either put your head down and try to get get by the defender uh, or do what you can to, to maybe try to get the ball back to Steph for, or another shooter. But he clearly, once he caught it, thought, oh, God, I'm going to get fouled and I'm going to have to go back to the free throw line. We're down three. Two ain't going to help us. And I just missed two. So, so he just panicked and threw it up from about 36 feet. Yeah, not a great look, and we'll see that on a lot of highlights, uh, you know, in the in the days and weeks to come. And and look, I know 
There's people out there that say, oh, the context matters within the game. Not everything can be quantified with a box score. Watch the games. Draymond's impact. Well, there's a lot of things that Draymond Green does very well. We all know it. We've seen it. The things that he does very well, he doesn't maybe do to the level that he did a few years ago. He's not uh, unique in that regard. Father time's undefeated. None of us have that first step. Either you or I do, J.D., that first step maybe we had a few years back. But when it's in crunch time, that's where you need your best players to execute. That's where you need them to be at their level-headed best. This is the final 406, the things that did show up in the stat column for Draymond Green in the final 406. Misses a floater, and it is that, that one where he's running into the lane and you know there's nobody really there to defend him, and he just he just can't finish. And, and I'm sorry, like an NBA player should be able to finish a layup there. That's at 406. Commits a turnover at 326. Gets your rebound at 219. Gets fouled with a minute 15 seconds left. Misses both free throws. And then that sequence there at the end of the game misses a 31-foot three-pointer. And then the, the final three-pointer, which didn't matter, of course. But I thought it was actually kind of fitting that he ended up putting the best shot as well. Uh, but that was the final 406 for Draymond Green. Two missed free throws, two missed threes, a rebound, a, a, a turnover, and a missed floater. There you go. Yeah, r- rough night for Draymond. 888-957-9570. Tonight, tonight for Warriors fans to vent. Point blank. I mean, let it all out there. Does Steph Curry need to be playing a little bit more down the stretch? Does Steve Kerr have to, to pick his spots uh, to, to put Curry out there when there's an opportunity uh, for this team to win games? We all know the Warriors are, are, are fighting for every single win they can get in an attempt to get into the playoffs. Uh, at least that's what you would think that they would be doing uh, on this season, uh, playing without Clay Thompson. Let, let's get to the phones here on, on 95.7 The Game. Uh, law-abiding citizen gets us tipped off here, and then we're going to hear from Steve Kerr. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, you know, my good friend Chris Salcedo used to always tell me, you never put the game in the ref's hands. And I think it's really funny that a guy like Draymond, who has so much disdain for referees and has so much smoke for the refs, would think that they were going to give him the benefit of the doubt from 30 feet or beyond 30 feet uh, in no man's land, you know, throwing up that shot. Hashtag act, uh, shacked in the fool, guys. I'm out. All right, thanks, man. I, look, I, I think I don't think Draymond thought he got fouled. I think he thought he no. was going to get fouled. I think we know right. he didn't get fouled. He just took the shot, as you so eloquently pointed out off the top of the show, Covey. He he just took the shot too quickly. He needed to if he was going to go with that move, which probably would have proved to be futile. He needed to maybe give it a, a little bit, about a half beat more, uh, and then try to throw it up there. Yeah, just rushed it, panicked a little bit. And if, if you're panicked in that situation, just give the ball back to Steph. I'd much rather live with Steph taking a couple dribbles and, and putting up an ill-advised three because I got news for you. If we're on the on the warrior side of half court, uh, even with the guy in his face, Steph Curry, it's never a bad shot. I mean, it's it's that simple. So just get the ball back to Steph in that respect. Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe have Draymond running the inbound play as opposed to being the guy receiving the inbound pass. I thought Curry could have drawn up a bit of a better play too, maybe bringing Steph off of a screen, something like that, uh, to get him an open. And look, just get the ball in Steph's hands. I don't want the don't need the ball in Draymond's hands. There, the guy. Had, what? How many? What are we talking? Seven more turnovers tonight for Draymond, or five turnovers? Five Not more. A, yeah, yeah. Five more tonight. Seven the other night. My bad. I'm getting my Draymond turnover stats confused. But five more turnovers tonight. It, it, just get the ball in Steph's hands. There. That, that's all. Then you can avoid that type of thing. 
Warriors wrap up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors lose in San Antonio, 105-100, so they are 12-12, same two teams tomorrow right here on 95-7, the game. All right, let's get to, to Steve Kerr here on all of the key issues uh, in this one, and we'll start just right off the top and, and, and work our way backward. Uh, what was going on with Draymond on the last play in Steve Kerr's eyes? He thought they were going to foul him, and that's why he he put it up to you know thinking he he would get three three free throws out of it. Was that a conversation at all coming out of the huddle that they might do that strategy? No, no. We we knew we had eight point seven on the clock. The Spurs generally do not foul in those situations. Probably my fault for not informing the team that the Spurs don't usually foul. But we knew we had, uh, you know, 8.7 to um, to drive and kick to, to plenty of options with that kind of time. And so we were just trying to spread the floor and, and get a good look. All right, so a couple of things here. Uh, I know the Spurs typically don't foul. Fitz knew the Spurs typically don't foul. Kerr knew the Spurs typically don't foul. But he didn't prep the team and – basically said my bad I sh- it's it's on me I should have let the team know that the Spurs typically don't foul in that situation uh, I think we all know what Draymond was thinking there so the first part of it for me less relevant than the second but I mean that's that's price of admission stuff in a situation like that knowing your opponent's tendencies especially an opponent that Steve Kerr knows as well as as Greg Popovich on that other side no question, and that's on Kerr, but it's also on Draymond and, and uh, you know, we'll say on the team uh, because everybody should be in the know around that. This ain't Draymond's first orbit around the NBA sun either. Like, he should know that, and so that that part of it's a little frustrating, and, and I got to be honest, too, that we did, I, I know we edited that cut a little bit, but at the very front end, the, the initial question that Kerr was asked, he said he, asked, he was asked about the sequence at the end of the game with Draymond, and, and Kerr said, what sequence is that? It's like, Come on, man. Don't don't play all coy and bashful with me. You know exactly what sequence that we were asking you about. The final play of the game, you know, the one that uh, ended up in an ill-advised 30-footer from your center. That play? I don't know. I just I felt like Kerr was maybe a little miffed, and, and maybe it was in himself. But either way, he he knew full on well the question what, what the, the the whoever asked the question was referring to. But you know, he asked for which play was that? It's like. What play do you think we're talking about? So I don't know. I just I felt like there was a little bit of a he's he's fallen on the sword, but it's like, come on, man. We all know that Draymond should know that, and okay, fine. You you share some culpability in it, but it's on Draymond. He's the one that made the the silly play, and and he's the one that we're always lauding for the high basketball IQ. That's why I wanted to point out what he did down the stretch tonight because it's one thing to shoot yourself in the big toe, and you know, with eight minutes left in the third quarter, it's quite something else to do it uh, during crunch time of a game that your team has to have. All right, more from Steve Kerr here, including the question uh, about Stephen Curry's minutes. But first, let's keep it moving on the phone lines with Shannon and Martinez. Shannon, you're next on 95.7 The Game. Oh, hi, guys. How you doing tonight? Um, doing well. Yeah, I was um, – oh, great to hear that. Um, so I'm hearing a lot of these people on the text after this game. They're just bombing on Kerr. And I just don't think they really should be bombing on him so much. They're wanting Curry to be playing more minutes. And I'm with Kerr in this point where he wants, you know, Curry to long have a longer career and not throw him in there to get worn out. And I just think the team, um, it's just not all even Draymond, too. It's all a lot of turnovers. And, of course, he made a couple little silly errors. But 
if the one guy, I forget his name, that hit the three in the corner, if he doesn't hit that three in the corner on us, um, the guard, then maybe we had a better chance to win the game. Yeah, DeJounte Murray. It was an incredible shot by DeJounte Murray. Second game in a row, the Warriors are in that situation where they're defending up one and somebody knocks down a three. Different circumstances tonight. Uh, Wiggins had it defended beautifully uh, tonight, and it was just a one-on-one, you know, incredible shot by Murray. So you tip your cap uh, at that point in time. Uh, kind of a, a sloppy double, uh, making for an easy pass on Saturday. So I, I think some different circumstances in play there. But, yeah, an incredible shot, and you got to tip your cap to Murray. And Murray had an incredible game, uh, an elite defender uh, in the league and, and also somebody that goes for 27 points tonight uh, in addition to 10 boards and, and four assists. And, oh, by the way, he had eight steals. He had eight steals tonight. <laughs> so he, w- he was terrific uh, in the ball game and, and wound up uh, with the shot that proved – to be the difference. 888-957-9570. All right, let's get to Steve Kerr uh, here now on the big topic of the night and the one that everybody's going crazy about. Uh, He was asked about uh, adding to the amount of minutes that that Steph Curry plays. Not for me. You know, I'm I'm into the the long game. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're counting on having Steph here for a long time, many, many years ahead. I'm not interested in, in grinding through this season, which is already a very difficult season given the, uh, the COVID regulations and just the nature of the games themselves. You know, these eerie, empty stadiums. This is uh, for me, for our organization. You know, we're, we're not we're not throwing Steph out there for 40 minutes to, to chase wins. We got another game tomorrow. We want Steph to be playing at a high level for many years, so we're going to stay very disciplined. And, I keep him at that 34, 35-minute mark. We're not throwing Steph out there for 40 minutes to chase wins. Hmm. I completely understand why that would make a Warriors fan really upset because you look at where this team was last year, and I know they've won championships and got to five consecutive finals, but I think the majority of Warriors fans want to see this Warriors team win as many games as they possibly can, even if you don't think they're a championship contending team, which I think it's pretty clear at this point that that everybody knows this season they're not. Uh, And I think Warriors fans also want to see Stephen Curry attempt to do special things. And look, I don't think it's a night in, night out thing. I think there are some nights where Kerr probably needs to push it a little bit. And tonight, for me, would have been one of those nights. But when you come out afterwards and say, we're not throwing Steph out there for 40 minutes to chase wins, I mean, yikes a little bit for me, Covey. Yeah, yikes big time. Absolutely. I, I just, and, and he even before that said, I'm not interested in grinding through the season. Aren't NBA seasons a grind? Isn't that kind of the job description? And look, I, you know, J.D., I, I think the moon of Coach Kerr for about a million different reasons. Uh, and, and he's always going to stand up and take the bullets for his guys. I respect the hell out of that. I do. But I couldn't – and I'm not a Warriors fan off top. I'm, I'm a guy that covers this basketball team and has a lot of respect for a lot of the things that they have done the last you know decade plus, whatever it is. Uh, but – couple of things wouldn't sit right with me if I was a Golden State Warriors fan tonight. I'm not interested in grinding through the season. Uh, that That's not going to work for me. And then we're not putting Steph out there for 40 minutes to chase wins. Aren't you supposed to chase wins? You're a team that won 15 games last year. 
you're not going to be beating the brakes off of teams. So chasing wins is all you got right now, okay? And and now you're a 500 basketball team. So you better start chasing some wins. Otherwise, uh, the other, you know, the main objective of the season of making the playoffs, that can go away quick, fast, and in a hurry too. Now the good news is Steph Curry, uh, just based on the way he's playing right now, on a lot of nights is going to be able uh, – to be enough to get you over the hump in that respect. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, J.D. I think a lot of people out there felt the same way. I was getting texts from friends of mine that are Warriors fans saying, man, maybe thinking about bringing Steph back in a little sooner. I know Kerr likes to bring him in around the six-minute mark. It's like, yeah, if ever there was a night where a couple of more minutes of Steph Curry would have been the difference between a win and a loss, I mean, you can't tell me that this wasn't it. Like, it was absolutely it. And Steph still, even through all of that, even after DeJounte Murray hits a beautiful corner three, which was great defense, Steph still gave you a chance because he makes a ridiculous step back with a guy in his face and puts you back in the game instantly. So, yeah, Steph Curry, he's on a whole nother level right now. I don't know what 90 seconds of NBA basketball is going to shave off years off the back end of Steph Curry's career. I don't agree with it. There needs to be uh, a, a little bit more uh, consideration on a nightly basis. And this absolutely, J.D., is one of those games that a little bit of Steph uh, in the fourth quarter, a little more Steph, would have been the difference between winning and losing for me. And look, the Warriors had a two-point lead going to the fourth quarter. Curry wound up back in the game with five and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So he sat for six and a half minutes, and the Warriors went from up two to down seven when he came back in the game. So it was a quick minus nine. The game's getting away there. And again, I, I, I tweeted it, and I said it, it live in real time. 8.35 to go. Do you put him back in? Kerr took a timeout. They were down six. Okay, I understand. Maybe you don't want to do it at that point. Uh, but tonight felt like the night where you, you probably could have gotten away with it because you felt like you were the better team except for the turnovers, right? And so just bringing your floor general back out there, bringing your guy that, that, that's your best player, a Hall of Famer. He's cooking, playing exceptional basketball over the course of, of this entire season, but really even more so over the course of the last couple of weeks. And to me, you put him back out there and you say, hey, we're going to go win this game right now. I think the other thing that bit Coach Kerr was typically he would have got him back in. He would have made sure he got him back in at the six and a half or the seven minute mark as opposed to the eight and a half minute mark. Because a lot of times he'll just call a timeout so he doesn't have to sit at the table. And what happened tonight happened where you don't get a dead ball to get him in the game. But he already burned the timeout with 830 to go. So that's why tonight for me was more the reason to just put him back in at 830 because you're already taking that timeout that under normal circumstances you would take at the six or the 630 mark to make sure you can get him back in there. Kerr didn't get him back in in either situation. He had to wait another full minute and actually got lucky that a ball got batted out of bounds. Otherwise, it might have been another 30 seconds. Yeah, and, and I know for, for some folks out there, you're like, you're talking about, you know, 30 seconds here. thirty. No, look, with Steph Curry, we've seen what Steph Curry can do in, in just a couple of possessions. That can be six points instantly for your offense. And guess what? In a game where you lost by five points, it's all those little things that all add up. And, and certainly, their execution down the stretch outside of what Curry did left a lot to be desired. Uh, but the whole reason they were in that situation was because they were sloppy with the rock for a lot of this basketball game. And, and look, the San Antonio Spurs, that's a good basketball team, but that's a team that the Golden State Warriors can absolutely beat. They, they have every business being out there on the 
floor with them, and, and it really was probably the matter of Steph maybe playing a couple of more minutes. Because uh, I feel like, for me, J.D., Steph just kind of ran out of time tonight, right? I mean, it was, you know, it, the, the clock yeah. read triple zeros, and it was like Steph still had more to give. He's still out there making plays, man. So um, it was kind of the double whammy with not bringing him in, and then obviously uh, with the way Draymond handled that, that what ended up being their second-to-last possession, but basically the final possession of the game. Uh, and, and that's why the Warriors are at 500 right now. And that's the thing. Like, this isn't a game against the Hawks, right? This is this is against the Spurs. I know they're going to see him again tomorrow, so hopefully the Warriors will have something, you know, in, in store for them because now they've lost two in a row. Uh, but this was a game against a team that you were going to be scratching and clawing with for playoff positioning uh, in the Western Conference. And so it's, it's surely got to be frustrating for Warriors fans to hear Steve Kerr talking about uh, not going out there to chase wins. I don't even understand what that means. Like, I mean, okay, so you're not going to play Steph a bunch of minutes. We're not talking about playing Steph 44 minutes. Like, talking about bringing him back in, you know, a minute before you would normally like to in a normal situation. I'm, I don't see how that's chasing wins. I, I, I call that smart coaching. Well, and you said it. I mean, if you're not chasing wins, like, you should be chasing wins. And it, if you're not chasing wins, then what are you doing at this point? And and I and look, I I get the flip side of it to a certain extent too. That hey, the Warriors think they're going to be a championship contending team at some point again down the line, so they don't want Steph to rack up thirty eight, forty, forty two minutes a night uh, to be a five hundred team. And and you know what? I I think that's probably the the prudent thing to do. But this goes back to something we've talked about all season long. The the essence of be of coaching this particular team this year is picking your spots. It's balancing all of it. It's developing James Wiseman and getting the most out of Steph Curry and trying to figure out a bench. And can you integrate Kelly Oubre, who who doesn't seem like you know it seems a little bit at times like a a, a, a round you know square peg in a round hole. You know it just. It, can you do all of that? Can you bring Wiggins along and make him a productive winning NBA player? And the Warriors have had some success with a lot of these different things, but it's a balancing act. It's doing all of it. And part of that, a big part of it is picking the right nights to go for it versus the right nights to maybe call off the dogs or just play with the script. And and, and I think, cause that's what we're talking about. Steve Kerr isn't saying he isn't trying to win. He's just saying that he wasn't going to go off script for a ball game like tonight when there's another game tomorrow and when, uh, as of now, there's still 48 games to go in the season. Yeah, and, and look, I'm, I got the uh, the text line up in here, and there are some people defending Coach Kerr. Look, we all nobody's saying that you go out there and just run Steph into the ground. Uh, the, there's plenty of nights where obviously that's the right move, but there's a, a really delicate balancing act right now, and, and I don't think it's being overly dramatic and overstating that you know, what the Warriors spent all these years creating under Steve Kerr, that's, they have a tenuous grasp on that at best. That's kind of hanging in the balance right now because of what happened last season. Now, you can get all that stuff back in short order, and, and we've seen you know, the, the Warriors look really good at times this year. But these margins between winning and losing are going to be very thin. And uh, honestly, 510, great text here. Isn't that technically wasting Steph's prime if you're not chasing wins? Like, Steph Curry is still in his prime. By the way, happy birthday, Clay Thompson. He turned 31 today. These guys still have plenty of basketball left ahead of them together. This year is about erasing the stain of 15 wins last year, getting back into the playoffs, considering yourself a factor in the Western Conference again. And if you're, if you're not going to chase wins, quote-unquote, this year, then you can't accomplish, like, the main goals, which is taking a huge step away from last year and then parlaying that into next year. 
All right, he's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. It's Warriors wrap-up here at 95.7. The game, Spurs beat the Warriors 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We'll hear more from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. We'll talk maybe about some solutions. If you're not going to bring Steph back in, if he's got to play the whole first and the whole third, uh, are there other solutions to, to getting him back out there for more minutes down the stretch of, of what figured to be a lot of 50-50 type games for this Warriors team, considering the fact that they are now once again a 500 or a 50-50 team overall uh, at 12-12. and uh, We'll pause. We'll come back. It's Warriors wrap-up here at 95.7 The Game. Curry from the backcourt. Damian Lee to throw it in. Curry catches midcourt. Dribbles, stops, and fires a three over White. It's good. Curry hit it with 9.2 to go. It's a one-point game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Roll along here on a Monday. Spurs beat the Warriors 105-100, Reacting to a couple of the key questions tonight, and there was a lot to unpack. Uh, Draymond Green uh, taking a three uh, in the final minutes, believing or in the final seconds rather, uh, believing he was going to to be fouled, just panicking and and throwing up the shot. And then, what do the Warriors do uh, with Stephen Curry's minutes? Steve Kerr uh, after the ball game uh, with one taking the blame for for Draymond uh, and and saying that he should have told. Uh, the team during the timeout that the Spurs typically don't foul in that situation up three in the final seconds. And Steve Kerr also saying, uh, quote, we're not throwing Steph out there for 40 minutes to chase wins. More concerned about playing the long game. Let's get to Joseph in San Jose here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game. Hey, Joseph. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking the call. How are we doing tonight? Good. Good. Awesome. Uh, just a quick comment on Curry's minutes. Um, well, first of all, I'm with you guys. It sounds like in that I think pretty clearly they could have got a win if they really wrote Steph, played him 40 minutes. I think the same thing with uh, that game they lost to Dallas. That looks like one to me. If they put him in with nine minutes in the fourth, he's going to ride him to another win there. But um, I don't know. I'm not as against the decision to stay hard with the rotation you have him on as you guys are, and I think – for one thing, I like that it it seems to me like it puts a little more pressure, not a lot, but a little more on some of the bench guys and Ubre and Wiggins in a way that I think might help kind of push them. And you do need them to develop more, obviously, um, if you want to be competitive down the stretch. Obviously, you'd like to see them in a playoff series. Um, no doubt. And then, al- and then also... I think the the team is just taking a, a stance of having a hard boundary where it comes to Curry's health. They're kind of protecting him with how much he's asked to do when he is on the court. I think it's fair during the regular season at least to to stick to kind of yeah, playing it a little bit safe, but you don't want to see him go down. If he's injured, the whole team's kind of in the gutter. So anyways, that's just my, my thoughts. Thanks. Yeah. Th- thanks, Joseph. Gr- great stuff. Really good call. Yeah, if Curry goes down, it's it's basically last year uh, at this point, uh, a, a little bit better version of, of last year if he goes down and, and has to miss significant time, at least for the time period that, that he would be out uh, for. There, there's no question there. 
And it does put more pressure on the bench, Covey. I mean, there's right. no doubt about it. You know, if he's going to play the whole first and the whole third, that means he ain't going to be out there at the top of the second and the fourth. And tonight was not a good night for the bench. No, it wasn't. And the bench, by and large, has had a, a really nice season so far. They've had some really good moments. Um, but tonight, certainly not their best effort collectively. Uh, the bench combined for eight buckets. They were eight for 23 as a group. Uh, eight for 24, excuse me. That's 33%. You're welcome. I did the math. They hit two threes. They were two of 11 as a group from three. Uh, what's that, 18%? And they had as many points. They had as many field goal makes tonight as they did turnovers. They made eight field goals as a group. They committed eight turnovers as a group. So, um Steve Kerr on a night where the bench is going and Damian Lee's giving you better than one for five. Uh, Brad Wanamaker had a really tough game tonight. He was one for five. You know, Mulder, he's out there to shoot. We understand that. Um, and, you know, he, he did hit one of his three looks. I mean, nine minutes for Mulder, it, you know, kind of is what it is. But just on a night where collectively you're not getting it from the bench, like sometimes coaches just have to look. And, and Steve Kerr knows this. Like, he played with Michael Jordan. He's, he coached, you know, he, excuse me, he played on the Spurs, right, with Tim Duncan. Sometimes you just got to just turn it over to your superstar and say, get us over the finish line. You don't you do not do it every night. You don't even do it every other game. You do it on important games, swing games, critical games in your season, and in particular, games that are there to be had where your star player can absolutely be the difference. So uh, this was a night for me that you, I don't want to say throw the rule book out the window. We're not talking about playing Curry you know, all but two minutes of the second half. I get it. It's not game six of the NBA Finals. But this is an important game to have. And, and with those margins being so thin, just two more minutes of Steph Curry. To hell, one more minute of Steph Curry tonight could have been the difference between winning and losing. It, yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I'll, I'll draw a, a line of delineation from just the last two games. I, I wouldn't have brought him back early on Saturday night because that game was a much more loosely played game. Agreed. Uh, and. And, and so, to, and you've already got one win in that two-game series in your back pocket. Like you won the first game, you're, you're almost trying to steal the second one. So I would have played that game a little bit more prudently, knowing that the offense was flowing, that you were going to have extra possessions and extra opportunities to try and steal that one. And and the Warriors did. Tonight was the one on the front end of the back-to-back. Because here's the thing. Steph played a hard 35 minutes tonight anyway, 35 minutes and 37 seconds. Well, now you're fighting uphill a little bit tomorrow on the second of a back-to-back in a game that feels, uh, maybe it shouldn't, given Steve Kerr's comments about not chasing wins, but it feels like there's a little pressure to get a win on this team, to you know, not have a one-and-three trip, to not be a game under 500 coming back home. So to me, I'm more inclined to go for it on a night like tonight and if you don't get it, well, you know what? Then then you see how tomorrow goes. You don't know what's going to happen. You might only need Steph to play 30 minutes tomorrow. Like, you, you worry about today, today, and then figure out tomorrow, tomorrow. And, you know, if it winds up being you got to play him a couple of more minutes, two games in a row, then you make up for it at some point in another game down the line. You don't get carried away with it. You don't average him 38 even or 40. Sure as heck, don't do that. But for me... You got to pick your spots in games where you think, "Damn, we really got to get this one because we held the Spurs to to forty uh, percent shooting and played a pretty good game, other than the twenty turnovers and the bench wasn't good, but we were still right there and had a shot." To me, those are the ones you go for on the front end of the back to back, and then you take your shot tomorrow and see what happens.
No, that's that's perfectly well stated, JD, and it's it's totally rational. And that's you you could have had that opportunity tonight uh, if you get this win tonight. And I totally agree with you. That Dallas game, look, man, everybody's out there filling it up. Kent Bazemore went for twenty points in that game. Like, just let Steph get his normal rest there. You bring him back in. Hey, if you get that win, I think we all felt like, man, you're stealing one. Even you know, with Steph being white hot, like, okay, you maybe would like seen a few more minutes of him just because it's really fun watching him play basketball and everything. Uh, but completely agree tonight your second unit you had five points in the you know while Steph Curry wasn't in the basketball game in the fourth quarter tonight as a team five points and keep in mind this offense had been humming along right I mean the first nine quarters of this trip 30 plus all eight games are all eight quarters in Dallas and then the first quarter tonight and then San Antonio absolutely put the clamps on him and, and we got to give the Spurs a little bit of credit too, JD they played some good defense uh, I, yeah. I thought just by and large they 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 really clamped down on the Golden State Warriors and, and here's the other thing and a texture just pointed this out Steph got to take the fourth quarter off of the first game in Dallas anyway. So, um, you know, you're right on par with where you want to be. You just, like you said, you make it up down the road. But there's there needs to be a little bit of discernment about, you know, clipping him up a few more minutes in a critical game because now you're facing the prospect of a, a one-and-three trip. You're facing the prospect of a three-game losing streak. You're facing the prospect of dipping below 500 for the first time, what, since uh, since the Portland game, right? Since they were two and three, if I'm not mistaken. So um, with all that in mind, I, I know Steve Kerr's quote playing the long game uh but this was kind of one of those uh, just kind of check mark points of the season for me like a you know a little bit of corner spot and and I felt like they they really needed to find a way to win this game and that's the thing that's frustrating was it was there to be had 888 888-957-957-0, 888-957-957-0. Spurs 105 Warriors 100 so Golden State now we're a third of the way through the season kind of crazy uh, how quickly uh, it seems like we were just at the at the quarter pole. Hell, it seems like the season just started, but uh, we're now 33% of the way through uh, Warriors 12 and 12 through 24 games. Uh, let's keep it moving here as far as uh, hearing a little bit of postgame sound. Uh, let's hear from Steph uh, on what he's frustrated about and, and, and how he's managing things. Losing sucks. We all know that. No matter what the the reason is, and you can kind of nitpick each game and see all the turnovers or fouls or you know, offensive rebounds or whatever the case is on a nightly basis. Whatever it is, it leads to a loss. So you know we don't want to be in a situation where we get used to to a losing feeling. That's not who we are. It's not what we're about. Playing well enough, you know, as of late to be in most games, and you know down the stretch. We, just haven't been able to get it done for a very, you know, myriad of reasons. So it is frustrating. Obviously, no secret about that. You know, only walking off the court out of win tonight was just kind of one of those weird nights where, you know, back and forth, we had a pretty good momentum going into the fourth, and you know, they made a couple more plays down the stretch. So tough night. Yeah, tough night. And I think Stephen Curry doing his best to, to tamp down maybe – some of the the questions coming regarding the fact that he was visibly frustrated in in the fourth quarter. He was looking over at the bench like, "Hey, when am I going back in the game?" I think he was he was kind of pacing at the table there, like uh, as the, the the clock ticked down, and there wasn't that that dead ball stoppage. And he was also uh, really upset uh, after the the Dejounte Murray three that put San Antonio up four. Obviously, with the realization that at that point. Uh, it's probably going to be lights out. 
uh, although the Warriors did end up uh, hitting a three-pointer, uh, he ended up hitting a three-pointer to, to get them in a, in a position where you know they still had a shot before uh, Draymond took the wild one in the final eight seconds. So uh, it, he was visibly frustrated tonight, and I think that leads you to think, you know, what's going on there? Well, look, losing sucks. We know that. Steph Curry's a competitor. We know that. Uh, Steph's clearly been to the highest of highs that the NBA has to offer. And I think he's used to having a little more help with them too, right, J.D.? You know, we were talking about this on the pregame. These games where Steph puts up these gaudy scoring numbers in his career, typically that's in conjunction with the Warriors' win. Um, you know, he's he's having to do a whole heck of a lot right now. There's a lot being asked of him, and I think he's totally comfortable with it. The Murray three-pointer, I think that was just good old-fashioned Man, God damn it! Like, oh, that's so frustrating, right? And and I mean, I, I think plenty of Warriors fans they watch this frustrating. Like, oh, he hit that! Like, you tip your cap to Murray because it was a hell of a play. I just think you know that was more Steph's frustration of man, like that that probably just cost us the game, and and it wasn't even like they did anything wrong. The the look on his face though after Draymond shot the thirty footer, like that was a little bit of oh my God, like what? Come on now, like really? What are you I don't doing? What are you yeah, thinking, dude? Right? What are you I don't thinking, Dre? The, yeah, come on, Dre, like. You know, I'm on fire right now. I'm shooting 56% from three the last two weeks. Like, get me the rock, man. We got a chance in this game because I just hit a three to keep us back in the game. So, yeah, I think that was the one for me where it kind of – and then obviously him clearly wanting to get back in the game. Uh, that's the competitor in him, and he chilled it out after the post game. I, you know, you can tell there's disappointment, but there's a difference between being angry and being disappointed. I think he had toned it down from anger to just the disappointment phase. I think, though, I like a, a, a kind of an angry Steph Curry because an angry – Angry Steph Curry is a dangerous Steph Curry. So, hey, he might even uh, mess around and go for 50 tomorrow night. We'll see. Yeah, and I think, look, it, it boils down to can it be changed? Is there something to be fixed there? I mean, wh- where do you stand as far as the minutes goes? Not not the attitude. I mean, I don't, I don't think that stuff. Although I will say this is the kind of game, this is the kind of game where things can fester. Like, if you do have any team issues – that aren't really issues, but but they're bubbling beneath the surface, right? Right. Uh, tonight's the kind of loss on top of the loss on Saturday, where you take one more loss or you take a couple, then then maybe they start getting above the surface a little bit. So yeah. I, I do think it's something to keep an eye on. You know, all right, no big deal tonight. You're right. Steph had, had cooled down by the time he he spoke to the media uh, on the post game Zoom, but. What what can be done, if anything, in an attempt to you know, obviously go get a win, and then and then that calms everybody down tomorrow. Uh, but do you think there should be a change made uh, to to the to the way Stephen Curry uh, is subbed? Should he get the final couple minutes of the first and the third quarter off, and then maybe he comes back earlier uh, in the fourth? I, you know, I think it's kind of semantics. I mean, I, I like the idea clearly of, of Steph being out there for the final uh, final push of the first half, right? So it, if it means subbing him out with, you know, two minutes left in the first quarter and, and bringing him back in at the eight-minute mark or the seven-minute mark of the second quarter, I mean, I I guess you can play it that way. I, to me, it, it's just it's about that fourth quarter and when you check him back in. And maybe that means you sit him down and rest him a little bit more at the end of the third quarter. I think Steve Kerr is looking at it like, look, there's a requisite number of minutes we're going to play this guy, and if the bench yeah. isn't going to hold the line when he's not in the game, we're not going to win. And it's it's just that simple. And I think that's him kind of you know putting everybody else on notice as well. And, and look, I mean, it's 
it's I know the last couple of days have been tough, but for the most part, like this team, especially considering the way this season started, um, right up until these last two games. They've gone twelve and eight in those twenty games sandwiched in between, right? The two losses to start the season, the two most recent losses, twelve and eight. That's a pretty good stretch of twenty games of basketball. So um, I, I think, by and large, it had been working. I just would like to see there be a little bit more flexibility. Like a lot of other coaches, there's there's a little bit more of ebb and flow to their rotational patterns based on the matchup, based on how a guy's going, like based on game script. Like there's a lot of different factors. Steve Kerr seems a little bit more rigid in that rotation as it applies to his stars, and you know he look. I, he he knows better than I do, obviously, but it just it begs the question on nights like this where maybe a little bit more of Steph Curry. I don't I don't think you you necessarily change the rotation, um, but you just you got to be willing to play Steph just a couple of minutes because he's your superstar. He's making whatever he's making forty million dollars this year and a minute or two of basketball uh, five six seven times a year in the games that you're going to need him that are just like this aren't going to take years off the end of his NBA life. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green now as we've got that uh, sound locked and loaded. Uh, Draymond, uh, what the heck was he thinking uh, in that final sequence? I assume he was about to foul, which I, he was. It's um, known for fouling in those situations. He had his hands out. And I also knew he didn't have any more time out. So, you know, at that point, you know, it just becomes a free throw game. So probably should have held on to it and just took the foul and let it turn into a free throw game, but it's what it is. Yeah, and Draymond also said, I felt like that was the smartest dumb play in history, a very smart play that ended up being dumb as hell. That was that was that's the that's the quote of the night from, from Draymond. You know and I he look, he's right and I get it. Like it's it's one game. I wouldn't mind Draymond saying, man, I screwed up. Like, I I wouldn't mind Draymond saying, you know what, I need to hold on to that longer and make sure he actually fouls me before I chuck up from 30 feet because I'm the worst three-point shooter probably west of the Mississippi. So, yeah, man, I, I, I would like there to be a little bit more accountability. See, that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you kind of talked about – you know, the, 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 the Steph's frustration, this and that, and, you know, things that might fester in the locker room. Well, it's when you're winning, hey, everybody's a leader. Everybody's doing their thing. It's, you know, the riding the gravy train's fun, right? You're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Shout out to Big Earn, right? Everything's all good. It's when you lose and go through some adversity, that's when the true leadership gets tested, right? That's when the character of your basketball team or your football team or whatever, that's when it, it gets tested. That's when your metal, your, your gumption, what you got inside of you uh, gets, gets called to task. And, and look, man, I, I think by and large, this team is a, a group of guys that are about accountability. They're about leadership. But that's where I need Draymond Green to just own it. Be like, dude, I screwed up. And that was probably what cost us the game tonight. And, yeah, I did some good things tonight. I, I know he's not going to go into some deep soliloquy about his stat line or anything like that. But I would just like Draymond to say, look, we did some good things as a team. We did some bad things as a team. And I, I probably cost us the game there at the end. Because, like, I mean, honestly, like he did probably cost him the game there at the end. So just, just say it and own it, and then we can keep it moving. Sam in West Oakland is up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, West Oakland, Sam? Hey, man, what's up with my brothers, man? I hope you guys are having a good night, man. Um, I just, uh, I kind of, I, like, I really, J.D., I'm glad you brought that up at the beginning of your guys' show tonight when you said, because I thought the same thing about why Stephen Curry didn't come in a little bit earlier. Um, I'm just, I just kind of think it's soft, man, whenever you don't play your MVP player 
when you know the timing was like, we don't have that type of, you know, that type of leniency anymore with what we had prior to where we could ride, ride whoever we had. We don't have that same type of team no more. So you got to ride Curry a little bit more this year. And you really have to really take advantage of whenever he's on the court, just not even off of him scoring, just, you know, just purely based off of his gravity. So I don't, I don't want to necessarily put whatever Draymond did at the end of the game as, as, as the biggest reason why I just feel like Kerr kind of really was really tone deaf to the situation. And, and, and you really have to play Steph Curry. I don't, you know, if this was in the nineties, you would play that man at that time. You know what I mean? I don't know what we're protecting. We don't have that. We don't have the players around him to, to really stretch his minutes out like that right now, you know? And if he's the only one that's going to put up points like he does, then you have to, you have to play that man earlier. You have to play that. I don't know what we're holding back from. And I get it. It's, it's the beginning of the season, right? The first, uh, like the first part of the season, but you still have to play him at that time. I kind of compared that situation to, um, I remember the end of the Dallas game when they lost a couple of days ago, I was like, why didn't they foul in that last situation? Like, it's the same type of idea. Like, play Steph. Steph needs to play. He's ready. He's worked for this. He took off last year. He was he didn't play all last year. He deserves to play a little bit of extra minutes. So I I just really thought it was kind of soft because I was really in my head. I was like, why isn't Steph here? <laughs> Steph could do this. Yeah. But, you know? So that's all, brothers. Have a good night, man. You too, Sam. Always appreciate West Oakland Sam checking in. Oh, no. I, I think part of it is – Look, you want to see this team have the best chance to win every single night. Doesn't mean they're going to. Doesn't mean they would have won tonight. It, Steph could have come back in with 8.30 to go. They still could have lost the game. San Antonio played well, like you said, and, and they were defending Steph Curry you know, better and defending the Warriors better as the game went on. But I think you want every night to see Steve Kerr and see the Warriors give give themselves a the best possible chance they that they have, that they can to win the game. I think the other part of it is, Fans just want to see Steph do cool stuff more often. I, you know, how many right. times did we take? I mean, how many times did we take calls uh, on this station? And I know you with at the other place too over the years when the Warriors were dominant and and going to the you know, the finals every year. And fans would be ticked off that Steph wouldn't play in the fourth quarter when the Warriors were up thirty and he was dominating because right. it was taken away from the show and and you had people saying hey I want we want to watch it the bars are packed or maybe you you went to the ball game and got tickets and you're there with your buddies or your family or your kids people want to see the show no doubt I can't tell you man we paid five hundred dollars for some Warriors tickets and I got to see Steph for 22 minutes what the hell coach Kerr uh, and they no, won by 40 though yeah they yeah, won by yeah, 40. yeah yeah mind you yeah they're they're fresh off of a couple of NBA titles uh you still got to see Kevin Durant Clay Thompson you know what I mean whoever whoever uh maybe got you know got the more of the minutes because Steph got a few minutes off that night yeah it's just it's funny how quickly perceptions get skewed and and, and how quickly things change this year it's it's a whole different deal now you still have that, hey, I just want to see Steph go out there and ball. And, and the way that he's playing right now, I mean, look, we've, we've all watched Steph Curry his whole career. He's, he's found another gear, I feel like, J.D. Like, he's doing, he's more aggressive. He's, got, he's playing with more tenacity. He's, he's playing with even more fire. He's taking this, this challenge on personally. And that's where Steve Kerr's got to be a little bit aware of that as well. Like, my guy, he's, 
he's in another gear even for his rarefied level right now. So I, I think if ever there was a stretch to maybe play Steph a little more, nobody's saying he ramps Steph up to 43 minutes a night or something absurd. No, man, just right now, Steph's in a good groove. Right now, by and large, a lot of the guys on the team aren't. Uh, so, and you're, you're not sure who you're going to get better contributions from on a nightly basis. So ride that hot hand probably would have won you a game in Dallas on Saturday. I think certainly wins you a game tonight. If you just do a couple of more things then you don't quote JD have to chase wins, the wins will just kind of start coming your way. All right. He's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. We'll come back. We're going to keep it going here. Extend Warriors wrap up all the way until 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, we'll reset. Uh, some of the key storylines that we've been talking about, obviously, for the last hour and get into some other ones uh, as well. More from Steve Kerr, more from Steph Curry, more from Draymond Green as well as the Spurs beat the Warriors. 105-100, Golden State now 12-12, and and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Finds Draymond, middle of the floor. Pass deflected. Curry has it from the left hash mark. Why not? You're Stephen Curry. Three ball good by Curry. Greg Popovich doesn't like that. Calls a timeout. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. All right, back with you here. Final segment of Warriors Wrap-Up as we're going into a little bit of OT tonight here uh bonus segment for you as we take you up until 10 o'clock as we do each and every night here on 95.7 the game typically with the final word warriors lose 105 100 so san antonio uh covey they get the win and they are now 14 and 10 on the season uh so they remain in fifth in the western conference the warriors now 12 and 12 so they've been passed now by the kings uh, and so San Antonio, 14 to 10 is fifth. The Blazers are sixth at 12 and 10. Sacramento from five and 10 and I think 13th, like three weeks ago, they are now 12 and 11 and in front of the Warriors and Denver at 12 and 11 is in the eighth spot. Warriors are nine Rockets are 10, man. Wouldn't that be a fun, uh, play in game between the Warriors and the Rockets to see who would advance to take on the winner of the Kings and the Nuggets. Yeah, no, I'd be all in on that for sure, J.D. We got a long way to go between now and then, absolutely. Uh, but it just shows what a logjam it is in the Western Conference and, and how much these games matter. I mean, let's face it. Like, this was a, a, a loss tonight that hurts the Golden State Warriors for a lot of different reasons. They're back at 500 now. And, and you know, this is the third point, you know, the one-third point of the season, as you, uh, as you pointed out. So still a lot of basketball ahead. Um, but now the Warriors are going to get tested a little bit. Like, tomorrow night, you're, you're facing... Facing the prospect of going one and three on this trip, facing the prospect of going one and four. Uh, you know, you lost Wiseman and have been running short on big men. You face the prospect of dipping under 500 for the first time uh, since the fifth game of the season, uh, and you face a, a three-game losing streak prospect for the first time. So this team's shown a lot of resiliency so far this year, uh, but it's certainly going to get tested. And, and let's face it; I mean, I think it, it's easy to forget just kind of the way they've been. You know, win a couple, lose a couple, like. We, we didn't even consider this coming in. This this building and, and this city for the Golden State Warriors basically since forever uh, has been a house of horrors for them. What are they, 3-40 and 40 in their last 43 here? Something absurd like that. So maybe we should have seen this coming, but either way, uh, that's life in the West Con- uh, Western Conference right now, J.D. These, these games are, are tightly contested. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I I saw that note, and it's always pertinent, but it, it was less pertinent for me, and I and actually didn't even mention it on on Warriors Live because I thought, boy, it's just it it really is so different. I know sometimes it doesn't matter, but there's just so much different. I mean, that goes all the way back to the 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 you know infancy stages of uh, you know before Tim Duncan being drafted basically Greg Popovich yeah. trying to tank uh, was 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 the start <laughs> of that stretch and the you know the 30 game losing streak in the regular season the warriors won there in the in the playoffs when when they've needed to in a couple of different series uh, sure. over the years so I, I think that wipes a little bit of it away and now it's just so different with all those guys gone but but you're right sometimes it doesn't sometimes it isn't different sometimes it it doesn't matter and weird <laughs> things happen in, in situations and I remember the Spurs had the long home uh, the long home winning streak uh, in that 2016 year that the Warriors went in and broke uh, I think they were undefeated actually at home yeah at that, at, they were at that point. Uh, and the Warriors went in there needing to win uh, in in part to have a shot to win 73. And the Warriors beat them a couple of times in the final uh, week and a half or so of the season to get to, to 73. So, uh, yeah, I kind of washed that one away, but maybe I shouldn't have because you're right. It has been uh, a house of horrors going all the way back to, to really 1997. Yeah, messing around and getting boat raced in the Alamo Dome, son. Uh, you know, it's funny. Steve Kerr even mentioned this in his post-game explanation about not wanting to grind through the season and, quote, chase wins. He also mentioned the eerie empty stadiums and COVID. And I do think the lack of an atmosphere, it, it tends to make things pretty sterile. But I think at this point, though... Guys have gotten used to it. I certainly us as fans watching the games have gotten used to it, right? I mean, it just that's it doesn't take us too long to adapt. I mean, that's what what the human mindset does. We adapt, right? We get presented a new reality. You live that way for long enough, and all of a sudden you kind of forget what things used to be like. And yes, we're all longing for the days of getting fans back into arenas and, and creating that kind of environment. Which, by the way, I think Steph Curry specifically is the type of player that absolutely thrives under that pressure and, and loves going on the road and doing that type of thing. But I think it's kind of catching up with Steve Kerr, too. Didn't you kind of get the feeling like the COVID and the travel restrictions and the no clay and the injuries? Like Steve Kerr just felt like a dude that was was like a, a little bit perturbed with all the curveballs getting thrown at him. Yeah, I you know what? I actually didn't uh, I didn't love that. Like I didn't love that in the context. And you know what? Let, let's let's actually cue that up and, and run it again, because I, I didn't. Uh, it just it left me with a bad taste in my mouth, to to be perfectly honest, because I, I just thought, you know what? It was under that context of, hey, we're not gonna, you know, push Steph's minutes up to chase wins. It's like COVID's going on and there's no fans and it it had a little bit of that hint of, Yeah, you know what, we're not gonna bring it because everything's just kinda out of whack right now in the world. So we're not gonna we're not gonna chase anything right now because you know what and I just I don't know. I I, I don't like that mentality. To be perfectly honest, so let, let let's rack it up again, uh, and 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 we'll we'll run that back. This was Steve Kerr, uh, you know, asking if it's tempting. He was asked if it's tempting to push Steph Curry's minutes uh, with all these close games. Not for me, you know. I'm I'm into the uh, the long game. You know, we're uh, we're we're counting on having Steph here for a long time, many many years ahead. I'm not interested in in grinding through this season which is already a very difficult season given the, uh, the COVID regulations and just the nature of the games themselves, you know, these eerie, empty stadiums. This is, uh, for me, for our organization, 
no, we're we're not we're not throwing Steph out there for forty minutes to to chase wins. We got another game tomorrow. We want Steph to be playing at a high level for many years, so we're going to stay very disciplined and try to keep him at that 34, 35 minute mark. Yeah, I just not interested in grinding through. Basically, be in a way like almost. Yeah, times are tough, so I'm not. We're not really interested in grinding through. Like I just, I don't know. There's a part of that that just left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. And I know uh, Steve Kerr is, is aware uh, and and rightfully so of of everything that's going on in the world. And he's got a much bigger picture life perspective, uh, you know, about it uh, compared to most folks. And and I actually respect the hell out of Steve Kerr for that. But no, you're you are supposed to chase. You know what? You are supposed to chase some wins here and there. I'm sorry, especially this yeah. year where every win is more important. Like that was that was how this season was built. Hey, every game's more important. The Warriors are going to need every win they can get to get into the postseason. You do need to chase some wins. You got to pick your spots. Yeah, it's almost like he was saying. We'll see you in 2021, 2022 when it, quote, matters again. And that's BS. Yeah. That was that was last year. And and honestly, that's kind of the first thing that I thought of is like, wow, is he already talking about this season kind of, quote, not mattering? Um, because uh, I, I think uh, that's just not true. I think it matters to Joe Lacob, first and foremost, uh, who's paying out the wazoo for the highest payroll in the NBA. Pretty sure that matters, right, uh, and, and to all the fans. And uh, really, I'm sure it matters to the players. Um, and, and look. I agree in in theory, uh, you know, with with protecting Steph, I understand that. But uh, again, like just a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, acquiescence on a nightly basis. Like you have to just take things as they come. Like don't be so rigid. And and the other part too, I know we kind of touched on this about maybe him mixing up the rotation and, and changing Steph's patterns. And you correct me if I'm wrong, JD. You've been covering this team a lot a lot longer than me. Isn't that how Steph Curry wants it? Isn't isn't yes. it Steph playing the first and third? Right. That's 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 Steph's desire. So the only thing I would say to that is maybe there's a few nights like tonight where instead of bringing him back in with six minutes to play, you bring him back in with eight and a half minutes to play, seven and a half minutes to play, whatever, uh, because that's the difference. But yeah, thank you for clarifying because I think it's important that people hear that. Well, and I think, yeah, Steph, does, Steph wants it that way. He likes closing quarters. He likes building up and getting into a rhythm coming out, basically, of the warm-up uh, in the first and the third quarters. And for me, and I think you, you mentioned this, you probably don't have to do anything in the first half. Like, you could play him the whole first quarter, sit him for six minutes, six and a half minutes, whatever it needs to be in the second quarter, let him finish the half, bring him out there in the third quarter. To me, we're really talking about the end of, of the third quarter and and the beginning of the fourth quarter, do you bring him back a little bit earlier, or do you try to do you try to maybe sub him out with a minute to go uh, or or a minute and a half to go in the third quarter, which gives him the final minute and a half of the third, and then you get that whole break at the top of the fourth, and then maybe you call a timeout as well to get him back in the game with with maybe seven and a half to go on, on a particular night. So you're basically right. giving them the quarter. You're giving them a couple minutes, the quarter break, the beginning of the fourth quarter, and then you can always take a timeout. And you never know. Maybe if your bench goes out there and, and pushes the lead up, the opposition's going to take a timeout. You might not even need to put him back in the game with eight, seven or eight minutes. I guess all I'm asking for is some flexibility. It just right. it does seem too rigid. It does seem too like Steve's got the card. And I know Mike Brown's talked about it. The, the little, there's like a, basically like an index card where they kind of map out who's going to play when. And, and you know, under normal game circumstances, and then they kind of adjust – as the game plays out with what they're going to do. 
and it's very slotted, regimented. And I, I feel like you can do all of that except just pick – just don't be afraid to veer away from it from time to time if you feel like it could be the difference between winning a game and losing a game. No question. And, and yeah, I actually – the idea of maybe pulling them out with a little bit of time left in the third quarter, a lot of NBA games, if not most NBA games, are decided down the stretch in the fourth quarter, right? So, uh, you know, even if it means, quote, weather in that storm, uh, maybe that's something that he looks at. But, again, like that's got to be something that Steph Curry's willing to co-sign on. I just think it's a matter of being willing to play him a few extra minutes. And, by the way, uh, it's only a handful of games a year. And let's be real, too, J.D., the Warriors had 10 guys tonight. They had nine guys the last couple of nights. Like, nobody's going to be like, oh, my God, you're overusing Steph Curry. It's like, no, man, we're short right now. We don't have Looney. We don't have Wiseman. We got guys playing all over the place. Like, you know, just like in our jobs during COVID, and this is a testament to the dudes back at the station uh, working as much as they have and doing the stuff shorthanded. Uh, you know why? It's because desperate times require desperate measures, and everybody's got to do a little more when you're shorthanded. That's the essence of, of the whole team mentality, and nobody is above that and that means you know Steph quote working a little overtime like that's what it means I'm sorry and and I just I, I think there needs to be a little bit more of a, a willingness to take the take the ebbs and the flows as they come and and then especially on a night JD where I mean come on we could all see it in the fourth quarter the Warriors outside of Steph Curry in the fourth quarter scored six points okay other than Steph Curry that three-pointer from Damian Lee was the only bucket a member of the Golden State Warriors made in the fourth quarter. Nothing from Wiggins, nothing from Oubre. And I thought, you know, by and large, Wiggins had a pretty good game, a little ho-hum, but he, he, was, he wasn't a, certainly a liability. Uh, and I actually thought Oubre had a, a really good game by the standards that we're used to seeing from Kelly Oubre, especially in the first half. But in the fourth quarter, that's when your best players come to the forefront. That's curry time, baby. And that's why we needed a little more of it tonight. All right, he's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson, Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, still time to sneak in a phone call or two at 888-957-9570. Spurs beat the Warriors 105-100. Uh, yeah, two things that stand out aside from what the heck was Draymond doing there in the final 8.7 seconds and, and the conversation about uh, Steph and Curry's minutes. The Warriors really didn't have a third score tonight beyond Curry and Oubre overall. And then the other thing was obviously the turnovers. We haven't spent a ton of time on the turnovers tonight, but 20 turnovers really wrecked, uh, I thought, an otherwise pretty well-played game uh, by the Warriors. San Antonio wound up shooting 96 uh, field goal attempts to the Warriors, 86. So 10 extra shots uh, based on the, the 20 uh, turnovers, and uh, the, the Warriors wind up losing this game uh, by a total uh, of five points. So a couple of things there that are not what was Draymond doing and not related to, to getting Steph back in the game that, that cost the Warriors dearly uh, in this ball game tonight. Let, let's go ahead and hear uh, from Steph Curry, though, kind of getting back into that conversation because he was asked if he will lobby to play more minutes. That's not the conversation every night. We know that there's certain situations that, that you can press the issue a little bit, and I'm always, again, ready to go. You know, the good teams find a way to stick to the game plan and execute on a nightly basis so you're not in that position, and that's well, we're not there. So that's – I mean, I'm basically what I'm trying to say is I don't – we're not talking about that. It's, it's, I know I'm not going to have play. Draymond's going to play. Everybody is getting familiar with their rotations, and we just got to play better. Did, did he just say we're not good enough in the minutes that I'm not on the on the floor to win? 
I kind of felt like that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of picked up on that same thing, J.D. And, and look, I, I know it, it was this was a, quote, team loss, even though Steph played out of his mind. He's going to say the right things, and, and you respect him for that. But, I mean, it, it does, too, come down to the ridiculously awful turnovers that this team was committing. I mean, 20 turnovers tonight. And this was a game, J.D., two at the half where I felt like the Warriors should have been up huge. They had 18 dimes in the first half on 23 makes. So that means, you know, they ended up with 29. So they only had 11 assists in this, in this whole second half. They held the Spurs to, to 39% shooting in the first half. Then they got going a bit in the second half. I mean, there were so many little things that added up to this game being a loss for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll remember maybe we had – should add a little more Steph down the stretch and maybe a little less Draymond with the ball in his hands there right at the end. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there was there was a lot of different factors that contributed to the Warriors not winning this game. They had an opportunity to be way up in this game, and, and they didn't get it done. Yeah, and and they didn't get it done. And, and yeah, they let a lead, uh, it, that 14-point lead. The Spurs had tied it, and, and I thought, man, if the Warriors can't get it back up to about 7, somewhere in that 7 to 10 range, basically at, at, at halftime that they were going to be in big-time trouble. They actually wound up being up five, but it still felt like it wasn't enough after the Spurs had come back from 14 down to tie it at 54. It wound up being 59-54 uh, at the break. Uh, let, let's hear a little bit more from Draymond. I, I mentioned this uh, earlier on uh, in the program. Uh, Draymond addressing the decision to take that, that three-pointer. I felt like that was the uh, smartest dumb play in history. You know, I know most people won't see that and kind of put two and two together of what's actually going on there. Uh, so, very smart play that ended up being dumb as hell. So, yeah, there you go. Smart smart intentions, I think, is, is, the, is the right maybe way to phrase it there. Uh, but l- let's be honest. I mean, he panicked. He, he thought, uh-oh, they're going to foul me. I got to get this thing up. But, but man, I mean, even at that point, I think there's also an element of he's, he's kind of afraid to, he's kind of afraid to try and make a play right now. He didn't want to get fouled. Yeah, like, let's be real. He had just missed two free throws. Like, I get it. They're the professionals, and, and they know the game of basketball way better than we could ever understand. Fine. Point conceded a million times out of a million. But we all understand human nature, right? And these guys, just because they're pros, they're not above that. They're not above getting a little bit rattled or being in their own dome a bit. We've seen it with Kelly Oubre going through his struggles, right? We've seen it, uh, you know, and basketball is one of those games, too, uh, you know, where it's, it's a team game, but ultimately, you know, oftentimes it's, you know, Obviously, individuals making those, making the plays or, or not making them. And, I mean, look, we can see it when Draymond puts the ball on the floor and he attacks the basket. When he missed that floater, uh, you know, going, uh, going to the bucket with about four and a half minutes left, I knew, like, he, was, he wasn't feeling confident at all. And, and, you know, you look at the shooting, you look at the turnovers. Like, Draymond's at his best when he's it's, – it's almost like muscle memory, right? He's not having to think about things. He's just reacting. He's doing them. That's when, when damn near all professional athletes are at their best. And Draymond's not there right now. It's, it's clearly in his head, and that's where you make – that's the mental side of it. That's why they call him, J.D., mental mistakes. That's an unforced error by Draymond Green. And I don't even like him calling it the smartest, dumbest play ever. That's giving himself too much credit there. No, it's just a dumb play. Like, we understand what you were trying to do. But if you don't actually get fouled before you do that, then it's not the smartest dumb play. It's just a bad turnover that costs your team a chance to win a basketball game, period. 
Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I, I mean, it's it's just he got he got caught up. He thought he was going to get one thing. I thought it was interesting. We talked about it at the top of the show. Steve Kerr tried to 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 take the blame a little bit there. I mean, I I didn't think that was. I didn't think that was on Steve Kerr at all. Like, we can have a conversation about the other quote like we did for a good part of the last 90 minutes regarding Steph and, and whether or not, you know, you're, you're trying to chase wins. I mean, that, there's, a, there's a legit conversation to be had there. I don't think Kerr – I don't think what Draymond did was on Kerr one iota. No. Look, Draymond, if, if James Weissman makes that play and he's not aware that maybe the Spurs don't foul in that situation, okay, coachable moment. Boy, that sucks. Take the L. Keep on moving. Draymond Green's been in the NBA for coming up on a decade. Like, come on, man. He should know that. And, and he even referenced the fact that I, oh, I know he likes to foul there. You sure about that? Are you sure about that? Because everything that we've ever seen in San Antonio Spurs history would indicate that they don't foul in that situation, and a well-coached Spurs team is not going to foul in that situation. And even if they do, Draymond, no problem. You're a big boy. You're a professional. Wait for them to actually foul you, and then go try and get your free throws. And he didn't – look, let's be real too, J.D. He wasn't trying to shoot any free throws right there. I know he talked about extending the game, and it was going to be a free throw game. Look, Draymond wanted no part of that. He already had a chance to impact the game at the free throw line uh, when he messed around and missed both of them. So, you know, I I don't really buy that. That's Draymond passing the buck. I would just like there to be a little bit of accountability because these are the things that your teammates do notice. It's certainly something that the fans notice, and as somebody like me who covers the team has noticed, there's just a lack of, of accountability there. And call it out for what it is. You blew it. It's all good. You live to fight another day. You learn from it. You keep it moving. You'll be better tomorrow. That's how you handle a situation like that. Not it's the smartest dumb play in NBA history. Really? You think that highly of that moment in time, huh? I don't. Well, and look, sometimes the best thing that can happen uh, after a tough loss is is coming back and playing again immediately, and that's exactly no what the Warriors are going to do. And oh, by the way, they don't even have to travel. It's same same <laughs> opponent, same building, same time. Uh, tomorrow at 5.30 Pacific, and that means we'll be on the air tomorrow at 4 o'clock with, with Warriors Live here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Warriors have to be really feeling like they let San Antonio get one that they shouldn't have had, so we'll see what they come out with. and They're going to have to fight through the fatigue, if there is going to be fatigue, and, and try and get one back that, that maybe they gave away tonight. Yeah, just going to be a little desperation. Don't don't go out there and play tight. You know, I mean, look, we all know the Warriors are shorthanded right now. We know that this is a, a you know a tough season with the travel and all the stuff that Steve Kerr mentioned. The eerie feeling in the stadiums. Okay, great, man. Everybody's playing against you know everybody's playing with the same set of circumstances. Just go out there and beat the Spurs tomorrow. Like it doesn't. I'm not really even looking for style points. Like I'm not most nights. I'm just looking for the Golden State Warriors to find a way to win. The bench definitely needs to be better tomorrow night. And and I think here's the thing. I know we didn't really have a chance to talk about Kelly Oubre much tonight. I actually think Oubre is quietly finding his game a little bit more. He's doing the type of things that Draymond's not doing now, which is letting things come to him and and being uh you know it's it's a little bit more natural for Oubre right now as uh, he's not overthinking. So uh, maybe a little bit less of that. And, and all other things uh, aside, let's just appreciate this run that Steph Curry's on right now. I mean, it's, he's even ramped it up another level for, for the great Steph Curry. So uh, appreciate that because it's a watch and maybe get a few more minutes of it tomorrow night. Who knows? Yeah, and, and absolutely. The couple minutes that he didn't play tonight, I mean, obviously that means he should be good to go on the second of a back-to-back for 36 minutes tomorrow, <laughs> totally. right? 
So and, and, and everybody else should be because I think again tomorrow when we hit the airwaves at four o'clock, uh, I'm I'm just going to give you a little tease right now. One of the themes for me tomorrow, and it has been at a couple of different points, is going to be urgency. Tomorrow's a game you need to win uh, if you're the Golden State Warriors. So uh, we'll get after that tomorrow. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, buddy. Good to have you back. Yeah, you too, man. Absolutely. Thanks to Whitey for filling over the weekend, and and obviously thanks to the uh, to the boys back at the station as well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.